0: Well, friends, I have a very important announcement to make to you this morning. After six months, we're at the end of Acts. <laughs> and I'm hoping by now you have a pretty good idea of the overall theme of the book of Acts. So I'm going to see if we have any takers. Could anyone summarize the message of the book of Acts in a little phrase? A little help. The mission of God... To us and through us. Okay, I need to give you guys another ch- chance. I'll say the mission of God, you say to us and through us. <laughs> so, a little help. The mission of God. To us and through us. Okay, good. At least we finally got it in the sixth month. And you know, that's not meant at all to be cliche, uh, but rather to point us to a deep, a profound truth. And that is that our God is a pursuing God, our God is a God continually on a mission. In love and for the purpose of transformation, God pursues and rescues us. And then in doing that, he invites us to join him in his rescue mission. Now, Heather and I arrived in Williamsburg just about six months ago at the beginning of this series. Uh, so the whole time that we've been with you, we've been in an axe. And I've loved it. Uh, In fact, I had the privilege of preaching one of the first sermons in our series, and I remember trying to open up a map for you in a sense, laying out a map before us so that we could see where we would be traveling over the six-month period, really covering about 30 years in the life of the church, as we would travel with the gospel from Jerusalem to Rome. Well, today we arrive in Rome. Our text this morning is Acts chapter 28, verses 28 to 31. It's found on page 938 of your Pew Bible, 938. And here we find the Apostle Paul in Rome. And particularly at this moment, he has just finished explaining the gospel of Jesus Christ and God's kingdom to some local Jewish leaders. Now, some of them have been convinced of the truth. Others still do not believe. And Paul concludes his preaching by declaring once again that this gospel, this salvation of God, is for both Jew and Gentile, for all people. So let's hear the word of God. From Acts chapter 28, picking up in verse 28. Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. Paul lived in Rome two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you for your gospel. And over the last six months to have been able to travel with your gospel from Jerusalem to Rome and into Williamsburg. And we pray this morning that you would open your word to us and that you would open us to your word. Lord, that we would hear from you and be changed and believe the gospel all the more. Have mercy on us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we get into our passage this morning, I want to remind us of the big picture because Acts is a book about the big picture. It is about the reality that God's redemptive work is prevailing. It is about the work of the risen Christ through the Holy Spirit, growing His church, spreading His Word, bringing salvation, forgiveness, restoration, healing to people of all nations. And as I said in that first month of our series together, Acts is about an unstoppable grace. An unstoppable grace. Now, if you remember, Acts is actually part two of a two-part series with the Gospel of Luke being part one, both written by the same author, Dr. Luke, uh, often a companion of the Apostle Paul and, in fact, the only Gentile writer in the entire Bible. Now, it's important for us to remember the movement of each book. Now, I know that sometimes in a sermon those of us with writing utensils in our hands, we end up doodling a little bit. Now, for some of us, I know that helps us here. Others of us, well, I don't know. But I'm going to encourage you to doodle for a moment. So if you have a pen or a pencil, and you've got the front of your bulletin, and you haven't yet totally doodled all over it, the upper two-thirds should be blank white space. Now, if you don't have a writing utensil, see, I see some William & Mary students over here. You guys are supposed to always be equipped with something with which to write. You can just draw with your finger. But on that white space, I want you to draw a circle. And then put a dot right in the middle. For those of you not drawing, I trust you are imagining boldly in your mind. Now that circle represents the world. And that dot in the middle represents Jerusalem. Because as Luke tells his story, in both parts, the Gospel of Luke in the acts of the apostles jerusalem takes center stage for part of the unfolding of the events and in the gospel of luke the story unfolds with the action with the drama beginning on the outskirts in the margins and everything begins to work inward to work its way to the center to jerusalem with the climax Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, winning salvation for us, the very thing we celebrated last week. Now, all of this goodness and all of this gospel has just been compacted to the very center of the world, so to speak, and it is ready to explode. And so as we get to the Acts of the Apostles, the movement is reversed. There is an explosion and all the action, the gospel, moves from the center, moves from Jerusalem toward the margins, toward the ends of the earth. The gospel moves from Jerusalem, the city of God, to Rome, the so-called capital city of man. And also as Luke tells us this story, he takes us through six layers or six Sections of the story throughout Acts. Each one has a summary statement. Every summary statement basically says about the same thing. The gospel is going forward. And it's starting to reach further and further out. Further and further toward the margins. And our verses today mark the final summary statement of that sixth and final section. In fact, summarizing the whole book of Acts. Now, I want to briefly refresh our memories of these six sections, but first, I also need to remind us that Acts is the unfolding of a promise being fulfilled. Acts is the unfolding of a promise that is being fulfilled. A promise that we see spoken of throughout the entire Old Testament. A promise that Luke ends his gospel with in Luke chapter 24 and a promise that again he records at the beginning of Acts in chapter 1 on the lips of Jesus Jesus in Acts chapter 1 speaking to his disciples after he has been raised from the dead says you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses, the witnesses of my gospel, of my kingdom, and of my kingship. And then the story unfolds in these six sections. The promise being fulfilled. So section one. Remember, it's beginning in the middle of that circle that you have drawn or imagined. Section one, we have... The spread of the good news about Jesus in Jerusalem. And then section 2, the spread of the gospel into neighboring Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. And then something remarkable happens in section 3. The initial spread of the gospel to the Gentiles. To anyone who is ethnically non-Jewish, which would be most of us here, the door to God has been open for the nations. And then section four, the spread of the gospel into Asia. And then section five, the spread of the gospel into Europe. And finally, section six, the spread of the gospel to the Gentile capital of Rome, a springboard to the ends of the earth. And our summary statement, chapter 28, verse 28. Let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. Again, it is like an explosion has taken place in Jerusalem. And now the gospel fallout is beginning to cover the entire planet. Now, as we have traveled with the gospel on this journey over the last several months, we have seen that there is persecution and resistance throughout. But God's unstoppable grace cannot be thwarted. It cannot be thwarted. In fact, we are evidence of that today. If you think about that circle that you drew, Williamsburg wasn't at the center. It was on the outskirts, the margins. And the gospel has come to us. The church in Williamsburg is evidence that the promise is being fulfilled. That God's mission... Is being accomplished. And so here we are in Acts chapter 28. We find Paul in Rome, and we find him as a prisoner under house arrest, under the watchful eye of the emperor's top guards. Now we know that Paul has been longing to go to Rome. We can read about that in an earlier letter that he wrote. We know it is the Book of Romans. It was his letter to the church at Rome, written before, uh, written earlier than Acts. And as we discover in Romans, that Paul has a desire to preach the gospel where Christ is not known, and we discover in Romans 15 that his plan is to visit Rome, but actually Rome is on the way to Spain where he really wants to go next. You see, Paul has finished his church planting endeavor in the east. Now he's ready for the west. And so he's going to go to Spain by way of Rome. Because Rome is the gateway to the west. The gateway to the ends of the earth. So again, Paul sees Rome as a stepping stone to Spain. A strategic home base for mission to the West. Just like if you remember earlier in Acts, Antioch was a home base, strategic home base, for mission to the East. And Paul hopes that the church at Rome is going to support him on his Christian mission to Spain. Now Paul, remember, he's never been to Rome when he writes this letter. And yet, when he finishes the book of Romans, he names at least 26 People by name. Can you think of a church that you have never been to and you know those people? And I think he was only numbering a few of them. He was writing, I look forward to seeing you. I commend this person to you. Encourage these people. In other words, Paul longs to be with these people that he has loved and prayed for, even though he didn't plant their church. Mission together. Well, Paul's prayer to visit Rome is finally answered. Sort of. Instead of arriving at Rome as a church planter, he arrives as a chained prisoner. Now wait a minute, God. This is not how it's supposed to be. This is not the way that I planned it. This this is not exactly what I was praying for. If I was Paul... I think I would be quite discouraged, frustrated, maybe even angry. But Paul is not. Why? Why? Because Paul gets the gospel. Paul believes the gospel. Paul trusts in God's sovereign plan to bring redemption to the ends of the earth. Paul understands that he himself is caught up in God's redemptive purposes for the entire world. Paul believes that God is using every circumstance in his life to conform him to the likeness of Jesus. Every circumstance. And Paul lives by the power of the Spirit, the resurrected uh, resurrected Christ in him. You see, the gospel is still alive for Paul. When Paul talks about the gospel, he doesn't talk about it as a one-off, once-in-a-lifetime event that knocked him off his horse on the Damascus Road. No, it is a day-to-day reality. A life-empowering reality. The power of Jesus in him. You see, Paul understands that the gospel is the continuing mission of God to him. Now I'll tell you, a great encouragement for a a pastor is when someone in the congregation actually remembers something of God's truth that he has preached. And I can think of one of those encouraging moments. Uh, It happened just a, a few months ago with Taryn Cleary. Now those of you that know Taryn, she's only four years old. Now, of course, this story came to me uh, by way of her parents, uh, Tim and Candy. And she remembered something of God's truth that I had, had preached on. Now, as Tim tells the story, he's pretty sure that she had a hidden agenda in remembering this. And I think he's right. But it was just after Christmas, and they got home Sunday. And Sunday night they were saying their prayers, and Taryn began thanking God. Lord, I thank you for this. And I thank you for that. And, oh, Jesus, I thank you for what I heard in the sermon today, that Christmas is not over. (laughs) Well, friends, and did you buy her more gifts? I'm just curious. Okay. Now she thinks I'm a liar. But the point is this. Just as Christmas is not over, Easter is not over either. The very thing that we celebrated last week is not a one-off event, a once-in-the-calendar-year opportunity for us to celebrate. No, this is a day-to-day reality. The reality of Christ's resurrection to us and through us. Regardless of your circumstance, regardless... If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, God is at work in you. The power of the resurrected Christ dwells in you. And you know what the Spirit is doing? Every moment of every day, He is preaching the gospel to your heart. Now if you're like me, You may say there are a lot of days that don't feel that way. There are a lot of days when my heart feels hard. It's hard of hearing. It doesn't hear the good news. Friends, I encourage you. Call out to God. Ask Him to convince you more and more of this gospel reality in your life. Of His pursuit of you. His mission to you. Well, just as Paul understood the gospel as the continuing mission of God to him, he also understands the gospel as the continuing mission of God through him. Now, clearly, Paul is a man marked by purpose. Wouldn't you agree? Paul is a man marked by purpose. I mean, here we're talking about a gospel giant full of passion, energy, resolve. The former chief persecutor of the church and by the gospel not being thwarted and going forth and taking a hold of him becomes the chief church planter. A life marked by meaning and purpose. Isn't that something we desire to? Lives that are marked by meaning and purpose. To know that our lives are about something bigger than ourselves. And so we hear the story of the Apostle Paul. We look at Paul and, and we wonder can I even relate? To Paul. And at first thought. I was thinking no. No way can I relate to Paul. I mean this is the super apostle. Okay. Maybe Billy Graham could relate to Paul. But not me. But what is going on here? What is Paul doing? Picking up in verse 30. Paul lived in Rome. Two whole years at his own expense. Under house arrest. And welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Paul is speaking of Jesus and his kingdom as God gives him opportunity. Paul is being faithful to participate in God's redemptive work, regardless of his circumstance. In other words, Paul was simply following Jesus Following Jesus wherever Jesus led him. Paul does not expect us to be like him. God does not expect us to be like Paul. We are given the freedom to be ourselves. Unique individuals, part of a larger body of Christ, gifted in different ways, with different passions. We are free to follow Jesus wherever he leads us. Now thinking of four-year-old Taryn made me also think of those wonderful days in elementary school of show and tell. Anyone remember show and tell? Did you enjoy show and tell? You know, they get rid of that in high school and college and I just think we get robbed. (laughs) Show and tell is the most awesome thing because you get some wonderful gift or you buy something and you get to come Just tell about it and show it. Well, mission, evangelism, mercy, that's adult show and tell. You see, each of us is called to show and tell the gospel. But that purpose will be lived out in different ways for different people. As you think about your life, Maybe you've thought about this a lot. Maybe you're just now thinking about it for the first time. But how are you called? How are you gifted? Okay, let me put it another way. What are you really good at, and how do you enjoy connecting with other people? Further, what is your mission context or in other words where has god placed you right now what is your current circumstance your current circumstance your current mission context is it your neighborhood is it campus on at school is it your home is it your workplace Is it a particular part of the city, area of the world, a particular people group or demographic? How is God calling you to be a part of his unstoppable grace? You know, when I think of God's unstoppable grace here in Williamsburg, in and through grace covenant, I mean, we already saw evidence of it today when Herb got up here. Man, I was feeling convicted. But, you know, I also, I think, I think of the retired gentleman who just became a Christian this month through his small group. I think of the single mom seeking out our youth ministry to offer care and guidance to her teenage son. And I don't even know if she's a believer. I think of the church member sharing the gospel with his co-worker before she left for another job. I think of the home fellowship group that has embraced a seeker in the neighborhood, they're speaking to him of Jesus, and just a couple of weeks ago gave him a brand new Bible, something about which he was so excited. I think of the non-Christian neighbor going to his Christian neighbor, who's a part of this congregation, and saying, excuse me, you are a follower of Jesus. I've never learned to read my Bible. Could you teach me how to do that? And those are just a few glimpses of the amazing things that God is doing around us. Just a few glimpses at the many ways that men and women and children are a part of God's unstoppable grace here in Williamsburg and as part of Grace Covenant Church. Because you see in the end, our purpose, like Paul, is simply to follow Jesus participating with Him in His redemptive work wherever He leads us. Well, the final word of Acts, the final word of Acts is a note of triumph, a note of victory. It took me back to the movie Toy Story, Buzz Lightyear, to infinity and beyond. Acts ends with this wonderful phrase, Without hindrance. Without hindrance. And it is speaking more than just Paul's ability to proclaim the gospel in this particular context. Because you see, Paul would later write from another Roman imprisonment. In 2 Timothy, remember Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. The offspring of David as preached in my gospel for which I am suffering Bound with chains is a criminal. But though I am bound with chains, the word of God is not bound. The word of God is not bound. Without hindrance, the gospel goes forth. It goes forth to you, and it goes forth through your life, through the life of this church, through the lives of the body of Christ around the world. God's mission is being accomplished. His mission to us and through us. And there is nothing more important than us embracing the greatest reality in the world. Let's pray. Oh gracious God, we thank you that your gospel has gone forth and continues to go forth without hindrance. Oh, Lord, we pray that you would have your way with us. Convince us more and more of the gospel, of the reality of your pursuit of us in love and for the purpose of transformation to make us like Jesus. And also your gospel going forth through our lives into the lives of others, needing to hear, longing to hear, desperate to hear the good news of a God who loves and a God who saves, a God who rescues from the bondage of sin. Thank you that your word is not bound. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.